Um, just before I speak, I'd like to say something. <laughs> uh, I've got here the sheet headed prayer ministry. Um, and I want to go through that very, very briefly. I, I'm hoping these notes are sufficiently self-explanatory. And actually, there's some overlap, which is wonderful, very affirming, with what um, Glenda has been teaching us. And uh, what Jenny was saying, that we can race through these. But just one thing struck me. Um, on this sort of hearing God and doing something, you know, how does that work? And I thought I'd give you an example from the summer. Um, and this, let me offer this, this isn't a blueprint, this is just something that happened to me. Over the summer, as some of you know, I was invited to speak at a house party, uh, a week-long um, kind of holiday for Christians, and I was giving the talks. And the very first talk, the one where I suppose you're most wanting to make an impression and to allay people's fears and to help them know that it'll be all right. And I planned the talk, I'd got it written out, I knew what I was going to say. And it was during the worship, that this is with maybe, I don't know, five, ten minutes to go before I'm up in front of 200 people. Um, I had a very clear picture, um, inspired perhaps by the rescues of the floods in this country um, six weeks or so ago, of a, of a helicopter with a, a rescue person. It's an illustration I've used here, actually, and it just came to my mind. But it was odd that it came to my mind so vividly. And I thought, oh, that's you know, interesting, um, but put it away. And the more I kind of put it away, the more it came with alarming clarity and, and with it this sort of heart-beating sense that God was wanting to say something to me and it, it emerged in my in this re internal wrestle that God was actually wanting me to 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 speak about to paint this picture and offer that picture of rescue and he actually wasn't particularly interested in the talk that I prepared <laughs> and um, I, the, if, if, if I had, if, we, if I could articulate the, the wrestling, it would have been something like this. Lord, that's wonderful. But as you know, I was praying as I prepared this talk. I think the talk here is the one that um, you want me to give. So thank you very much. And it just, it, my heart was beating. And, I, and Jo, who knows me quite well, was standing next to me. And she turned, she said, are you all right? And I got to the stage when I just hissed back to her, and this is worship and so on, it's probably the last song, you know, I'm now getting really quite edgy and nervous. I hissed back to her, no, I'm not. And she said, well, what's the matter? I said, well, here's my talk, but I don't think God wants me to say that. What am I going to do? So she said, well, what do you think God wants to say? So I said, well, you know, the picture, the helicopter thing, I, well, I can't explain now, but I just think there's something else. Trying to look serene because you're conscious that people are, you know, you're at the front. And... <laughs> so then I thought, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? This is a house party where um, I'm just going to be there for a week. So if people hate me, they'll only hate me for the most a week. These guys will never invite me back again and it'll all be done. And I thought, I could probably live with being a hated pariah for a week. <laughs> All right, I'll go with it. So I stood up, and, um, and I, I don't often get massively nervous, but I could feel my... I was clenching my legs because I could feel my kneecaps. Do you know that? Doing that as I, as I spoke. And I, I thought, I thought, Lord, you'd better be with this. <laughs> and so I just began to... It was completely nothing to do with what I was meant to be speaking on and what I dare say they were anticipating. And I just said... 
about this picture of a, you know, and I, it's a bit like God's rescue. He, Jesus came into the waters and plucked us out of the waters and hung onto us as he takes us off to safety. Throughout the week, I spoke brilliantly. I gave fantastic talks with superb illustrations day after day. They were the best talks I've ever delivered. And people said, um, nice talk this morning. But in our small group discussion, um, we, we went back to the helicopter thing. And, you know, that really helped X and Y. And more people came up and said to me, um, yeah, yeah, quite good. You know, but um, actually, what you said on Sunday was fantastic. And that really spoke to, and that really released, and you'll never know. And such that by the end of the week, humbled, I, I concluded with as much conviction as it's possible to muster that the Lord spoke to me. And fortunately, and this is often not the case with me, but fortunately I was obedient, willing to take a bit of a risk. And, and the Lord blessed me, actually, by assuring me that he's in this. <laughs> uh, and blessed other people as well. And, and that uh, is often, I think, how it kind of works. It's a hunch and you weigh up, shall I go with the hunch or not? And weigh it, ponder, wait. Because if the Lord really is in it, he'll, he'll bash away and then, and then go. And if it's offered in love, the 1 Corinthians 13, you may not always get it right. But if it's offered in love, you won't get it wrong. I think I'm just going to read these notes. And this is a foundation. And then... Um, we will come back to this because I hope we have days like this again because I think this has been fantastic. I've been sitting here, I've been refreshed uh, and I've learned so much and I've been encouraged. So thank you to everyone who's contributed. Prayer ministry. Ministry is service. So prayer ministry is simply serving others in the context of prayer. It is simply helping to meet the needs of others on the basis of God's resources through prayer. It's not us, it's him in us. What is prayer ministry? It's one person, or possibly a small group within the house group context maybe, or a couple at the back of church or something, praying for another person about a specific need in their life. I love that thing that Catherine offered us, company, in God's company, company with God from Philip Yancey, because here it is, it's done in the person's presence, so it's in people's company, and it's also with God's company. So with an expectation that God will minister to that person's needs. And we've been hearing in different ways from, from Glenda how that might happen. It's done out of compassion for others. And these are backed up, uh, these notes with the references there, but we haven't got time to look at them now. Uh, so it's done out of compassion for others and with a desire to see the body of Christ built up. Again, Glenda's. It's not to glorify us, but to build up the body. And it's offered all, all ministry, actually all service, all living for God, is offered because of the Father's great love for each of us, which he mediated through the Son and is brought about by the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that verse in 1 John 4, and I think it's about verse 12, that uh, as we love others with God's love, his love is made complete in us. And of course that letter is written to a church. The us is us. As we look to minister um, in this context, minister and serve in terms of prayer, God's love completes us, both as individuals, but as individuals within a body. This is how we become complete and whole. 
not lacking anything. What are the values for this prayer ministry that we might look to offer here at St. Dionys? I think the values are the, that we have God's heart for mission. Um, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It, it, God's heart is just to give, to serve, to lay down for the sake of another. Galatians uh, the spirit comes into our hearts we cry Abba Father we have full rights as sons and that's what God is doing he's looking to restore relationship so that's the mission we, we recognize that theologically in, in this terms that the, the kingdom has begun it's not here completely but it is here to stay and the kingdom has been announced by Jesus those references there Matthew 6 is, is the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when he was asked, 11 and verse 2, are you the one? Are you the, the Messiah? He didn't answer the question directly, yes, no. He just said, go and tell those who are asking that the lame walk and the blind see and the deaf hear. In other words, look and see signs that the kingdom is already breaking in. God's kingdom into our realm, if you like. And there's other references to that. So the kingdom is announced by Jesus. We're, we're living in the beginning of the end, if you like. It's not a complete picture of fullness and, 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 and sort of love completion, but we're on the way. And as a part of that work, the king, Jesus, commissions his followers. He, he prayerfully selects the 12. He then selects the 72. And the great commission at the end of Matthew is by derivation to all Christians to go and make disciples and to baptize in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Secondly, following on from that, we do that in his power. So uh, we've had the reference, Acts 1, 8. Um, stay, wait in Jerusalem, be still, don't race off. Wait and you will receive power from on high. And in that power, and with that power, you'll go to Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we don't race off on our own presumption, but we wait for the power that comes from the Spirit on, on high. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to each one a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. Not for our trophy cabinet or our mantelpiece, but so that the body is built up to each one. Uh, number three heading three there the motive is love as we've heard already it's just a corrective to number two because the Corinthians were actually had got on a bit of a power kick a power high with uh, some of these more ecstatic and revelationary gifts and so as Splendor said I say no more uh, the love sandwich in 1 Corinthians 13 except just note in verse 7 of 13 love protects Love protects. Oh my goodness, the, 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 you know, the, the church is now going off like some kind of firework out of control, sparking up all over. Oh my goodness, someone's got a weird prophecy here and there's a picture here and the vicar's losing his marbles. And Love, love, love protects. Love never fails. Truly inspired words from Paul right in the epicentre of his rebuke to Corinth. Love protects. 
love never fails. You may not always get it right. I may not always get it right. But if it's offered in love, we won't get it wrong as we seek to grow in God's ministry. The measure, as Glenda said, is the Bible, the plumb line or the measure. So we test everything against the infallibility of Scripture. And the model is Jesus Christ, um, who came, Mark 10, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And uh, in John chapter 13, that's the chapter where he washes his disciples' feet. It's our model and our example. And uh, throughout Scripture, as he meets the outcasts and the, the least and the last and the lonely, the Gospel writers conclude that Jesus, full of compassion. Um, I was saying to a group the other day, how did Mark, for example, know that? How did Mark know that Jesus was full of compassion? Did Jesus, as he reached out to the leper, say, oh, by the way, if anyone's taking notes, I'm full of compassion here. I don't think so. I think there was something about him in the way he spoke, in the way his body language, in the way he put down his agenda for the agenda of others. He just was full of compassion, active love, earth spilling love, that it was obvious to others. Practical advice over the page. In terms of praying in the presence of others. So let me just to distinguish here. I, I'm, someone says, oh, I, we, we read Sue's wonderful prayer letters. We think, oh, I must pray for that person or this category. And um, so I, I maybe set aside time and I pray for them. Lord, whatever the need is, da da da, amen. Um, but actually, and this is why it's so wonderful that I, I think that Jenny shared what she did. It, it, in a sense, that feels a bit like a shower. When God is longing that we would soak. Um, so often in our fast-paced world, we live in hardened, sun-baked ground. And God is longing to drench us, to soften the earth, to receive the seed of his word and life. And so prayer ministry, as distinct from just praying for someone wherever they are, is that we would, all of us, keep company with God. That in the company of others, uh, if I were to pray with, uh, with another female, with Alison... Um, just for accountability's sake, if I was praying with Ben, for example, that Ben and I and the Lord would set aside time to soak, to bathe, to be drenched in him. And practically, as we come to a house group, as we come to a service, preparation, be pre-prayed. Lord, can you use me today to pray with someone in your presence? To hear you for someone? I'd love to put myself in that place to budget time. I'm not going to come to the service, uh, bang on time, be at the service and then race away. I'm going to allow for the possibility that there might be five minutes when you want to use me to pray with someone else. So we're prepared. Um, when praying with someone, so I, I can, please can you pray with me or someone would love prayer, take time just to establish exactly what it is the person would like prayer for. Uh, make sure that you understand so that together you can bring that to the Lord. Don't be afraid of silence. It's an opportunity just to be still before the Lord and to quiet ourselves so that we might hear his voice. Be relaxed and alert and open to the possibility of God's presence by his spirit, revealing, as Glenda has said, new things, fresh things. It, it, what was it? An, an impartation of the mind of God, which again we can be testing against scripture. It's not n new revelation. It's now revelation. What is it out of God's storehouse that he's wanting to reveal 
to this individual at this time. I've put there the little question, what does this feel like? And I think, um, if I don't, I've got little else to say, let me just more or less finish on that. Um, I was reading about Matthew Hoggard, who's the England fast bowler, one of the England fast bowlers. And uh, he was getting his run-up wrong, and he was overstepping the mark, he was no-balling, his bowling was basically going to, to pot. And one of the things he did was he, he worked out his mark, he measured out his run-up, and then at the start of his run-up, he put a blindfold on. And he ran in to bowl blindfolded. And what he was doing was learning, in Paul's words, to live by faith, not by sight. He wasn't going to use the stump and the crease and the wicket as his markers. He wanted to teach his body to learn what it feels right to bowl correctly, to run in and go through the whole mechanics, the physical mechanics of bowling without relying on his sight, which was actually putting him off. I read that Tiger Woods does the same with his putting. He lines up a putt, gets his coach there, lines up a putt with his eyes. He's all lined up, the ball and everything. He sees the distance. And when he's got that, he stands stock still and his coach just drops a blindfold over and blindfolded, he makes the putt. And before he lifts the blindfold, his coach says, where did that ball go? And Tiger Woods has got to learn to listen to his body so that he knows it was a bit short and to the left or I overhit it. Not because I can see that that's the case, but because I've learned to recognize it. And it seems to me that prayer ministry, being in the presence of God with someone else, is learning to hear God without thinking, I'll have a beginning, middle and end to my prayer, amen, done. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in a sense, it's, it's breaking the old wineskins, it's allowing a new wineskin. It's learning to to be receptive, open to what God might have to say for us. And it comes with practice. The other question I put at the bottom, how do you, how do you learn to play tennis? You can watch Federer, you can read a manual, you can get a video, but at the end of the day, you've got, to, you've got to pick up a racket and have a go. And when you do, do you hit every ball that's played to you first time? Uh, when Steve or Sean, they play the guitar, when they first played the guitar, was every note correct or right? No, they got it wrong, they made mistakes. But in practice, we get to a stage when we're um, relatively proficient. It's the same with hearing God in the context of prayer ministry. So allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Test everything. Be natural in your prayer. Don't think that suddenly we've got to become um, some mystical, spiritual person. Just be yourself with God for others. Uh, I think it's helpful and fine to um, review what I call review the praying process. Um, it's okay. It's not unspiritual to speak to the person in the middle of a prayer. Um, even you know you may have forgotten a bit of detail. Sorry, what was their name? Do you mind, what was their name again? That we were praying for this person. Pray, it's okay. God doesn't mind. We're sort of in this together. We sometimes think we get locked into a prayer mode and therefore we can't talk. But prayer is talk. So. Just be natural. Um, and conclude in the time of prayer. Uh, I guess it's just praying until there's a sense that um, enough's been said. We've been quiet for long enough. There's a peace that transcends. There's opportunity for people to come back for more prayer um, during a service when we uh, uh, have communion, for example. That's the most obvious place where this um, opportunity arises. It may be appropriate just to remind the person of a, a promise or passage from scripture. 
And I put here, remember the corporate context. Um, guide them to, it may be appropriate to, to begin an alpha course and to come in on an alpha group or to join a house group to, to be accountable in some way and uh, respect the dignity of the individual. Uh, Post-prayer ministry, uh, uh, and all I'm thinking here is, I think it's key that we're confidential. I don't need to know, I don't think anyone else really needs to know what, who was prayed for or what was prayed for. Um, that's between the person who was praying, the individual, and the Lord. Um, there's more one could say on that. It may be that things arise with legal implications, I mean extreme examples, in which case we probably have a duty of care. We, we may need to take that further. In which case you may need to say something like, before you say any more, you understand I may need to share this with one other person. Um, but um, we don't need to air all our dirty laundry. I think there's confidentiality there. And, and, and be accountable. Receive prayer yourself. I, I, I think I'm unwilling to allow people to exercise prayer ministry in the church if they themselves are not being prayed for and with and aren't in some kind of accountable grouping. Um, I'm thinking ostensibly a house group. Um, I think that's all I want to say on prayer ministry other than I think it seems to me that the opportunity when everyone comes up for either a prayer of blessing or communion on a Sunday morning, um, the opportunity then for two or three of us to be available to offer prayer ministry for anyone who would like to be prayed for, to keep company with God in the presence of someone else, uh, for soaking, for waiting, for listening, or for giving up particular needs or concerns in prayer. Um, that's an opportunity I think I want to make the most of forthwith and to continue. So the third Sunday of every month, and tomorrow is the third Sunday, um, I'd love to give an opportunity for us to offer prayer for those who'd like to receive it. Are we going to have lunch now? Is that the next thing? Shall I pray? Um, and just in a revision of timing, if we, if we were to go to 25 past, who am I looking at here? Is it Alan or Catherine? And then if we had 20 minutes plenary, do you think, is that, is that good, Sue? And then um, I, I think it's important we finish it too like we said we would. Father, we thank you so much for all that we've learned today. All that you're wanting to give us, to encourage us with, to build us up. So be with us now in our conversation over lunch. Guide and direct us, I pray. Continue the work that you've begun this morning. Uh, and we do thank you so much for the provision of this food. In Jesus' name, amen.